Jake Warner was at the control. So sit back, relax, and check this joint out right here. Jake! Yo! Okay, here we go. So good to be back. This podcast is for the people. No, nobody knows who I am. Jake! Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Ready to talk a bunch of nonsense with you. I can't stand them. It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash The Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Type in the keyword search, The Big Brother Jake Podcast, and boom, you're in there. Yes, it's not an alarm. It's not a joke. It's not, you're not being punked. Uh, I actually am doing a brand new episode of The Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yes. Um, been away for a few weeks. I know I took a little break and, uh, it was much needed, much needed break. Mm, I had to, I'll explain as we go along here, but before we get started, (laughs) uh, the last podcast I did was with my dear young little brother, Stephen Warner. And, uh, well, I want to thank him for coming on the podcast. First of all, uh, second of all, he, uh, he was very polarizing. He either loved it or hated it. But guess what? He would not give a damn if you hated it or loved it. He had a good time. It was fun talking about stuff we probably shouldn't have talked about on the podcast and out in our families. But nonetheless, I appreciate him for coming on the last podcast. So with that being said, we are still in the middle of a pandemic as we record this particular episode on May 25th, 2020. And I'll say this much, um, it's been a wild ride. It's been very, very crazy for me, and I'm sure it's been crazy for a lot of others. Um, The one thing that I have to put out there, and uh, I'm being dead serious about this, I've learned a lot from this pandemic. I've learned a lot. I really have. And... One of the things I've learned is we are selfish people. A lot of us are. You know, we get wrapped up in not being able to go where we want or do what we want or anything of that nature. And a lot of what I did during this pandemic is I did a lot of going out, a lot of restaurants, you know, Disneyland, um, going to the beach and camping out at the beach, um, casinos, I love gambling, love going to casinos. So I was mad because a lot of my friends took it way more serious than me. And, you know, it's like, well, Jake, you know, we're just trying to practice social distancing and, you know, we're just trying to you know, keep keep in mind who comes over and who we hang out with. We want we don't want to take any chances on catching this coronavirus. And I don't know, maybe it's because I got all those crazy weird um air gun shots walking down the line in the Navy that's helped my immune system, but may have given me all those other crazy diseases I have when I get sick. And I started taking it a little personal. And I'm like, wow, 
you know, it's me. Like, it's your boy. You know, I'm close to you. And they're like, we understand, but, you know, we got families and we don't want, you know, take any chances. And so I had to live with it. And I did describe this a couple episodes ago. I, you know, I get these blood infections that really affect me really bad and they shut me down. And after coming home from visiting the homie P-Dub, I experienced the worst blood infection I've ever had. And it put me out really bad. Like, I was in pain all the time. I couldn't believe my legs were super swollen and my joints were hurting. And I had the, the shivers and fevers and all this other stuff. And people were like, oh, it's the Rona, man. No, I know my body. And I, I know it wasn't that. And instead of trying to take care of it, what I did was I tried to mask the pain by taking lots of Vicodin and on a self-destructive path. I am a type 2 diabetic. So what I would do, I was binge watching a lot of shows and drinking a lot of juice and regular soda. I bought a case of Mexican Cokes. And I buy lots of apple juice, orange juice, cranberry juice. And for those that know what a type 2 diabetic goes through, those are not wise purchases. So it got to the point I drank so much juice, my blood sugar rose to 406. I had to go to the ER. And I was drinking so much juice and sugary drinks that they started tasting like poison. Like there was a bitter taste after a while and I was vomiting uncontrollably every night. But I kept drinking it. Sometimes I mix it with alcohol. Sometimes I drink it straight. And I noticed the pain wasn't going away and I was feeling really dizzy, very nauseated. And I knew that there was a point where it's like, okay, I can't even see. My vision's blurry now. And I'm terrified. But with everything going on, I did not want to go to the hospital. At all. And I had to get myself together. It was to a point where I was dizzy all the time and vomiting all the time. And it wasn't vertigo. And I knew what it was. I knew it was the diabetes but I didn't want to admit it. I was in denial. So I drove myself to the ER. I took the street, which added another 20 minutes to my drive because I was scared it was going to crash on the freeway. Doctors took me in right away. They tried to admit me because they tested my blood sugars, 406. They noticed I was vomiting all over the emergency room. Did not tell loved ones that. And... It was a bad situation. They tried to admit me. And they're like, well, you know. Also, I had, I'll just be graphic here. Um, When I get these infections, they start in the groin area. Not the testicle area, but the groin area. And I noticed overnight, I had a growth the size of a ping pong ball. Now, I couldn't pop it 
I thought maybe it's a boil or ingrown hair or something. And they didn't know what it was. They said it was caused from the diabetes and the blood infection. And so they had to operate on it and take care of it immediately because they were worried about sepsis setting in. And it took me out. They quarantined me for seven days and I was stuck in the house. Couldn't even check my mail. They said, do not leave the house. If you need to, you know, eat and you don't have groceries, order them, but do not go out in the public. Don't do anything. You're quarantined for seven days. And so all I did from that point was just drink water. Um, no juice, no soda. To this day, it's been about six weeks I have not had a soda. Diet or regular. But what I had to learn through that ordeal was self-discipline and patience. People didn't have time to talk, and I was frustrated. Nobody could come over. People were checking on me from afar, but couldn't come over. And I realized what I did and what I was doing was very selfish. I got three beautiful daughters to think about. And it scared me. Because they said if I would have got there three to four hours later, I could have been gone. I could have died. Could have went blind. Could have went to a diabetic coma. And what we now know from what I've been told from all the blood tests I've had to take, and I've taken several blood tests, it's an autoimmune deficiency of some sort. They still have to investigate it. And that's the most progress I've gotten on these weird blood infections in 23 years. So, this has to do with the tease that I recorded and put on social media. I picked up a new hobby. I told myself, made a deal with myself. I said, if I come out of this and no major damage is done, I'm no longer going to abuse my body. And so I went out, I bought a Schwinn bike, mountain bike, and I started with one to two mile rides just around here, around my house. And then I got wonderful, amazing friends that um, encouraged me, had me take vitamins and stuff, you know, and... um they were worried about me. And they said, you got to make changes. So I threw out everything that had chocolate in it, literally threw it in the trash. No ice cream, no sweets. Anything that wasn't healthy, threw it out. Went and spent a few hundred dollars at the store. Lots of chicken, lots of broccoli, lots of fruit. And no soda, no sweets. Got my act together. But for two weeks straight, I had nothing but water. And I started sleeping seven to eight hours a day. And my blood sugar went from 406 to 168 to 118. No metformin, no medication, nothing but water and good eating. And sleep. And I said, I'm going to take care of myself this time. 
So first long bike ride, five miles. Then almost eight. Then I did 12. Then I did 10. Then I did eight. Then I did 11. (laughs) And then today, I've always wanted to break 20 miles. And I did 22 and a half on the bike. Now I've ran, okay, I walked, walked and jogged two LA marathons, 2006-2009. And I finished both of them. Very late times, but I finished them both because I got hurt in both. But something about riding a bike, the freedom you have, and the open air. And it was a dream of mine to ride down the Venice bike path to Venice Beach my entire life. And I did that this afternoon. My knees are killing me. My back is hurting. I popped a lot of uh, <laughs> Tylenol. Not a lot, just regular dosage. And I felt good. Good enough to do a podcast. <laughs> but I said all that to say this. I was mad about the Rona. And how I was cooped up and couldn't get in my restaurants and my casinos in Disneyland with friends. But what I ended up gaining was a love for myself. And that's the thing. And I'm going to get into that next segment. And I'm going to tell y'all part three of the realest podcast I've ever done. But I had to address this. I wanted to learn something about myself through this pandemic. I learned a hell of a lot. I really learned how beautiful friendships could be. I learned how to be patient. I most definitely learned how to love myself again. And I learned not to hide behind my work. And deal with the issues that I have. I learned. To love myself again. And again I'll get into that next segment. But I also learned. To love myself physically as well as mentally. I learned a lot. About people. And people that were in my life, people that are in my life now, it was just very eye-opening. And I used to be able to hide behind my three jobs. And then when this all happened, Clippers and Kings went to the wayside. And then I was forced to work from home for podcast one. And I had to deal with real life. Because if I hide behind work, I don't have to deal with anything except the work, eat, go to sleep, shower, repeat, drive, you know, sit in traffic. But when you're faced with nowhere to go, can't leave the house, people can't come over, you almost died again, <laughs> that, that, that's something I never want to say again. You learn a lot. And I learned that I can do this. I can make this a healthy, you know, make this lifestyle a healthy one. I get so much joy out of riding my bike. 
I get so much joy out of creating music again. Because when I was, you know, I do have an album, by the way. <laughs> the Lo-Fi Quarantine Sessions. Um, it's on SoundCloud. It's free. Um, that came out of, the, out of this pandemic. Ten instrumental tracks guaranteed to help you relax. So get some wine, relax, and listen to it. Cheap plug for myself on my podcast. My point is this. If you have problems that you're dealing with, problems that you're facing, you're almost forced to have to deal with them head on because can't go anywhere. You know, I made it a point where, all right, I'll be responsible. I'll wear a mask when I go out, but I'm going to go out. I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to see friends, you know, that want to see me, you know, if, if they're worried about the coronavirus, I respect it, and I don't try to force my way into seeing them. But for the ones that are, you know, open to it, you know, I would go see them. And a lot of my friends that I talked to gave me a lot of, like, a, a heavy dose of reality about myself. And the things that I've taken for granted or, you know, I present them with a problem. It's like, man, I've heard this problem before. Or, man, the, the things you're into, like, you got to chill. And it was an eye-opener. It was crazy. And it, this is all due to being cooped up in the house. I won't call it lockdown because it's not. You have freedom to eat, freedom to Go work out. Freedom and get in your car. So don't compare it to prison or jail. And yeah, I know some people are like, man, but my rights are taken away. Yeah, well, there's kids that are locked up in cages that had their rights taken away. But hey, let's protest for a haircut. I won't get into politics. You know, I don't do that on this podcast. And the other thing that I've learned from this pandemic is within the mask wearers versus the non-mask wearers. It's become kind of like a um, class conflict, if you will. There are some people that are like, oh my God, he's not wearing a mask. He is the filth of the earth. Oh my God, scumbag. Okay. And then there's those that wear a mask because they want to protect others. Some people want to protect themselves. I see both sides of the argument. And both sides have amazing valid points. But the one thing that I don't like is seeing people judge even more because of this. And they've made it political, and I don't like that either. At all. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't. It's that simple. I'm not going to say you're terrorizing my family because you're not wearing one it's your right it's america if you want to wear one i'm not going to call you fraidy cat and sissy and all that stuff or a sheep or whatever it's your preference and it's okay either side just don't be belligerent and be rude and hurt people behind it whether it's their feelings or physically because that's stupid but what I want y'all to take away from this entire scenario 
with my health and everything I've been through, learn yourself. Learn about the things you haven't worked on. I'm not saying, you know, like some of these people, oh, you know, if you haven't read books and learn how to be an entrepreneur, you're wasting your time. Man, we're in a pandemic, dude. Like, it's okay if you're not trying to start a business. It's traumatic. It's okay. I learned about myself. I learned I didn't like how I was living. It was reckless. And my daughters and my very close friends, family, were telling me, dude, you got to chill. You're out here working 18-hour days and then going and partying it up. Some were like calling it newfound freedom because going through a divorce. Others were just like, dude, you know, you're just, maybe you're lonely. It could be all of that. And again, next segment, we'll touch on that. But if you can wake up every day and survive, because mentally it takes a toll and all the things you used to be able to do, you can no more. The things that I'm not able to do anymore, it's okay. I missed it, but I picked up new habits and new hobbies. Going on walks in the morning, riding my bike at night, dropping weight like a fly, man. <laughs> Just killing it. And I'm proud of myself. And you should be proud for everything you're going through. All the students that can't graduate, all the people that lost their jobs. All the people that have lost relationships, no matter what it is, whether it's friendship, you know, courtship, engagement, marriage, all that stuff, it's all sad. My heart goes out to each and every person that's going through it. But take time to learn about yourself and take time to figure out what it is you could do to be better for you and then the people that depend on you. I figured if I get in shape, my girls get their daddy longer. My friends have the guy cracking bad jokes longer and a mediocre podcast longer. And then I could fit into clothes that are in my closet I couldn't fit into before. There's benefits. So, yeah, it sucks being quarantined. Yeah, it sucks. All the things you're used to doing you can't do no more. But after thinking about it, I do miss casinos, not going to lie. I do miss restaurants. I don't miss the bars. I do miss my friends. But I respect their decisions, and I'm not going to hate on the ones that don't want me to come over. And you shouldn't either. They're thinking about their families. I welcome everyone. I got Lysol. I got wipes. I wipe down my door handles twice a day. I'm very clean. That's my decision. People have knocked it. People are close to me. Oh my God, you're having people come over? Yes, I am. But what about your kids? They're okay. Don't worry about us. It's my choice. But I'm not going to condemn anybody that doesn't want their family being exposed to outside family members or whatever. 
So I hope in this couple months we've been in the house, not doing the things we're used to doing, you've become somewhat enlightened and woke in a sense. I hate that word, by the way. It, it used to be something cool and then people blew it up and, and drug it through the mud. But if you're doing things to improve yourself and you're becoming a better person and you have the time to deal with your situations, then you took advantage of your time. If all you did was sit and complain about everything and didn't do a damn thing to improve yourself or someone else, then you wasted your time because you had plenty of it now. So with that being said, I'm loving life, I'm loving myself, and I'm loving these new habits that I'm creating, new hobbies. Yes, I can sit and make music all day. Love doing it. But it feels just as good to go somewhere on the coast, driving my beautiful green <laughs> truck, <laughs> the Green Eye Band, taking it down PCH, finding a bike path, unloading it, and just ride. That's what I've gotten out of this, and I love every minute of it. And I hope there's something that you've been able to do due to this fact. So now I'm going to move on and talk about something that's real to me that I discovered through this divorce, and I call this the realest podcast episode I've ever done, part three, right now. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. This portion of the Big Brother Jake Podcast is brought to you by FabulistaCookies.com. Let me tell you about FabulistaCookies.com. My girl, Jessie Dallas Childs, she makes some of the most delicious cookies on the planet. You know, you got so many different flavors, so many different themes. She even has edible glitter in the cookies. One of my favorites, I'm just going to say it, it's the Big Brother Jake cookie. You know, you got chocolate and you got Reese's piece, like cuts of like peanut butter. Oh, so delicious. I'm telling you. I can't have a lot of them. Maybe like a half of one because, you know, I'm trying to be in shape. But I always got to support. So if you go to FabulistaCookies.com, you tell Jesse Dallas Childs that the Big Brother Jake podcast sent you. She's been a longtime sponsor of the Big Brother Jake podcast. And she just hit two years. Two years with Fabulista Cookies. And that's her baby. And uh, I'm so proud of her. That's my girl for life. That's my sis. I love her to death. You know, and I'm always down to support small businesses for those that, you know, are familiar with the podcast. So, you know, like my man, Adrian, uh, Magic Mirror LA, he's doing big things. Like everybody's doing big things. And I want to support y'all. So, if you want a shout out on the podcast, I won't even charge anybody, all right? I will waive my nominal fee <laughs> to show love to small businesses, especially now because small businesses are being affected with this whole coronavirus thing, and I want to make sure you get love. So if you have a small business you want to promote, clothing line, you know, even if it's like a DJ service, um, you know, DJing weddings and backyard boogies or whatever. Let me know. Hit me up, the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on the DMs at the Big Brother Jake Podcast or at Big Brother Jake on Instagram because that's where I do most of my social media. All right. So I'm learning 
as I go with uh, this whole divorce thing, I'm learning a lot about myself. And I admitted everything, you know, the first two um, episodes. You can go back in the archives. They're on iHeartRadio, um, SoundCloud.com, um, everywhere, Spotify, Google Play. And I have talked about what I've gone through and what I experienced going through a divorce. And, you know, it, 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 it was hard. I was emotional. So what I want to talk about now is the aftermath. You get used to dealing with being without your family all the time. You're no longer with your wife. You get your kids half the time. What now? And I'll admit it. Some of my friends don't know this, but I'm going to say it anyways. And the ones that know me well know this is true. I do not like being alone. I'm not saying like in a relationship sense. Like I can be without, you know, whatever. That's different. But what I'm talking about is like just straight up companionship. Like being by myself. Because it gives me way too much time to think. And not that I do anything bad or anything wrong. It just gives me way too much time to think. And... I don't like being lonely. So I would get really disappointed when people don't want to talk or people are busy or then I go out and it's not exactly how I planned it or wanted to do and then it's disappointing and I'm driving all the way back home to an empty house. And for somebody that's like me, extroverted, likes to have fun, likes to be the life of the party, likes to hold court. It's hard to have like a bomb ass night with friends and drive to an empty house. So (laughs) it got really hard for me to the point where I was pushing myself on people. And I've talked about this too. Well, you know, be like, hey man, oh, no invite for your boy. Like sometimes they just don't want you there because they have their own friends and they celebrate different things. And that's okay. <laughs> I've learned that. It's okay. But the, the whole thing about that is I had to learn to cope with sadness. I'm no longer someone's husband. I'm forever a father, but half the time. Physically, always there, always call once, twice a day and check up on my babies. Always. But I had to learn like, damn, I made the choice. This is what it comes to. So you try to distract yourself, like create an album or do a podcast. (laughs) Or you watch TV and get lost in it. I picked up reading. Even thought about going back to get my master's degree. And that's a very strong possibility. Because I like to stay busy. I like to not let my mind wander. That's why working three jobs is paradise for me. Because it's autopilot. I go there, I work my ass off. I pay attention so I don't mess up. 
I have to pay attention on that long, long ride home since I live in the East San Gabriel Valley, a.k.a. P-Town Pomona. And then I go to sleep. And if I'm lucky, I'll have a friend that's awake and I could text or call or whatever. But I had to get real with myself. And it's like, Jake, you got to learn to live with yourself for yourself, by yourself. And that was hard. Because I'm always used to having people over. And I'm always used to going out. And this is even before the pandemic happened. Like, I had to learn to check myself. And I think it really hit me this weekend. I'm used to getting lots of invites on Memorial Weekend. Last year, I was at a very dear friend's house. Barbecued, grilled, all that stuff. Had a great time. With the coronavirus happening, them invites aren't really happening. And even the ones that don't, you know, still welcome people in and they open their homes, those invites were popping. And this isn't a blast my friends for not inviting me segment. But it, it, it's something that <laughs> it, it, that's my reality now. Because... When you separate from your partner, people choose sides. Whether they, they, it, when they say, no, man, we still love you too, it's bullshit. Okay? Straight up. I'm going to be honest with you. And it's okay if you're not on my side. Like, I don't have a problem with that. But a lot of friends will take sides in a separation or a divorce. It's, it's the truth. You can love them both, but you're going to pick a side. And a lot of people I used to hang out with have not picked my side. So I had to sit and wonder, like, damn, no invites, coronavirus, can't go nowhere, no invites to barbecues, parties, whatever, swim, swimming, none of that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take somebody out I haven't taken out in a while and, and enjoy their company and have fun with them, and we're just going to just... Enjoy the moment. That person is me. That person is me. I have not, since I've been on this kick of riding my bike, I've enjoyed my own company quite a bit. It's weird because for a very long time, I had to always have somebody I could talk to every night. To the point it was like annoying. But my friends are so dope, they're not going to admit it. (laughs) But there were times where I was just going through it. But what I do, because one of the things I did not have during my marriage was a truck. I always wanted one, but without putting people on blast, people didn't think it was economically wise. But I did not have any other hobbies other than the things I did for work. So one of the things I purchased, called Midlife Crisis, called whatever, I bought a truck. And I post it all the time. Shout out to my boy Jamie Plymesser for selling me that truck. 98 Chevy Silverado, green, two-tone. Racing stripes, lower to the ground. 
but I can haul my bike around. So one of the things I look forward to, if I don't have my babies with me, which they're my world, and I stop everything for them. But when I'm by myself, I enjoy my own company now. I love taking my bike, going down a five, or going, you know, up the 405 or the five, riding the coast, PCH, and going for a bike ride. I take myself out and have fun by myself. And I always used to trip out on my friends that would go on vacations by themselves. Like, how? How could you do that? You don't want that one person to, like, go with you, one of your homies? Like, no, I enjoy my own company. And I always thought that was weird and dumb. (laughs) But what I end up doing, I pack a bag, throw some snacks and some waters and Gatorade Zero, Gatorade Zeros, not the regular stuff no more. Jump in my dope-ass truck, take a ride. Put my music at ignorant levels. Windows down, sea breeze flowing through the truck. And getting excited to know I'm about to do something dope by breaking a personal record riding on a bike path somewhere along the coast. I'll tell you that bike path in Carlsbad, man, on, on the Highway 101. That kicks your ass, bro. <laughs> Those inclines are serious business, man. But all that's part of the journey, and it's fun. But I take myself out. It's okay as somebody that's separated to learn to live in your own company and be happy in your own company. So, you know, I'll get me, you know, like a, a sandwich at a sandwich shop. It's a healthier alternative to a greasy burger. And I'll park looking at the ocean and I'll eat my sandwich and I'm content and I'll be on my phone while I eat and it's fine even before all this happened I was starting to go to restaurants by myself and it was fine so anybody that's going through something similar it's okay to enjoy your own company you don't need a whole bunch of people and if you don't like can't stand yourself learn to improve learn about yourself to see why you can't be alone or you can't stand yourself i was very codependent on my ex codependent on very close friends codependent on food codependent on alcohol codependent on staying busy but now I don't really care. I'll go everywhere by myself. And I have an amazing time. You got to learn. When you go through a situation like a divorce, not everyone's going to be available to you. You got to learn to get to know yourself. You got to get to know yourself. If you don't like something about yourself, change it. Hence, buying a bike and looking forward to each and every ride. And now that my baby girl, my middle child, has a bike, that's my original riding partner, and we go ride. We did 11 miles a couple nights ago. Find things to challenge yourself so you don't sit there sad 
and alone. I can honestly say one of the biggest things I used to be scared of since my divorce proceedings was sitting in a room with no TV, no radio, no music, no phone, nothing. And just sitting there and dealing with yourself. Thinking about all your old, you know, past scenarios, you know, what you could have done better, what you could have done, you know, to make things right. Some things you wish you could take back. All of those things. And I learned. I made some mistakes. I had some flaws. Some things I did that people wouldn't approve of, I do not take it back at all. <laughs> at all. Because it was part of the progress and I loved it and I had a good time. But I learned a lot about myself. And I'm at a point now where I'm not worried about, damn, so-and-so can't hang out. So-and-so can't go with me. So-and-so don't want me to come into the house. It's okay. And you can hear I have audience members outside my studio wall. <laughs> Keep it down. All right. <laughs> so... See that? That's the dogs. Damn. And I'm not going to restart this. So my thing is this. Learn to love yourself. Get to know yourself. And don't be codependent on anyone or anything. You may find a brand new best friend when you look in the mirror. Take some advice from your boy. Life gets pretty good. When you learn to love yourself. Hello, everybody. You're listening to my daddy, Big Brother Jake. This is the Big Brother Jake broadcast. Bye, everybody. Yeah, okay. Hey, you like that beat? I made that. That's me. <laughs> it's a throwaway beat for a Hall of Famer. So I won't get into that too much, but yeah, that bombs. Check it out. Let, let, let it run out. Yeah. Okay. Enough of all that. <laughs> I'm upset. Damn it. <laughs> I'm mad. For real. Let me tell y'all why, man. This goes out to the male species. I'm embarrassed by y'all. And I've had it with y'all. And y'all make me sick. Seriously. I'm a man. I make myself sick too. But the one thing. Several things within one thing. We don't have gentlemen anymore in society. It's very rare. Maybe because I'm 44 and I start to see stuff and I don't like it. But I'm starting to see a lot of things that a real man would do that doesn't happen anymore. For starters, nothing irks me more than when I'm driving down the street or I'm walking somewhere and I see a couple walking together and the woman is on the curbside of the sidewalk. Oh my God, I hate that. How in the hell? I don't want to hear, I wasn't raised with a dad. Look, man, my dad was not in my life maybe 30% of my life. And I'm being generous. No disrespect, Bill Warner, I love you. Shout out to my dad in heaven. But I'll be damned if that would happen. You fellas are letting your ladies walk on the curbside of the street? 
What the hell's wrong with y'all? Seriously. Get it together, man. You know, in the old days, that's what pimps used to do with their prostitutes. They'd have them walk on the outside of the car and say, hey, this lady's available for the night. Think I'm lying? Look it up. I learned that from some OG homies that taught me that. I see dudes not opening doors for women anymore. Not letting them in first. Now, here's a secret, guys, especially with your girls, okay? I'm going to give you all a little secret. And to any woman that I'm ever with in the future, I'm guilty of this. I don't give a damn. I'm going to just say it. Fellas, let your ladies go first. Then you can see your backside, you know what I'm saying? Like, dang, she got a nice booty. <laughs> but it's, it's an incentive to be a gentleman. You dudes don't even hold doors open anymore. At all. You may go in first and hold the door like here so it doesn't slam in your face. Let that woman in first. Always. But you don't see that no more. What the hell's wrong with y'all? Before the pandemic happened, I was at a restaurant with one of my homeboys, one of my OG friends. And we saw a couple coming in as we're sitting at the restaurant. The dude doesn't hold or pull out the chair for his lady. He just goes and sits down. And she just sits down and accepts that. I tell my daughters straight up, if a man does not open a door, pull out a chair or walk curbside, you leave his ass immediately. I'll be damned. My daughter ain't going to get the real treatment. That's not even real treatment. That's just basic gentleman chivalry. Y'all fellas ain't holding doors open no more. Ain't pulling out chairs no more. Letting them walk curbside now. Oh, and the other thing that pissed me off really bad. I was at the gas station the other day. And this girl got out, pumped her gas. Okay. The girl goes out, pumps her own gas. But dude is in the passenger seat. Nothing wrong with him. No crutches, no wheelchair, no cast, both his legs, sitting there on his phone. And that one, I got upset. I was like, yo, you going to let your lady pump gas? It's her car. Like, man, I, you, <laughs> yeah, man. He's like, it's all right. She liked me. And I was like, man, you know what, dude? Good luck with that. I hope she heard everything we talked about because I was loud as hell about it too. Dude's got ladies pumping gas? Are you damn serious? Seriously? And the one thing that upset me to no end. Different time, same setting. At the gas station. There's some things, you know, I'm not machismo at all. And I don't really care about gender roles, but, you know, like, oh, the woman should be cooking and cleaning. I could do that, too. I don't need a woman to do that for me. I don't need any of that. But the one basic thing you should always be able to do as a man, check the oil in your car. If you can't, look, I'm not a mechanic. I've changed 
an oil filter probably twice in my life. I've changed my own oil twice. And I don't like doing it, so I pay to have it done because I can afford it. And some people are like, oh, you lazy. I do my own. Well, good for you. I don't want to have to dump the oil out and all that other stuff. But the one thing I can do, even with these bad 20% disability check getting knees, is I could change a damn tire. Okay? You already see where I'm going with this, don't you? As bad as my knees are, and I'm, you know, like when I bend down, it sounds like paper raffling or, you know, popcorn. It's just grinding noise. Like, it hurts. But I get them, I crouch down and I change my own tire. If AAA ain't coming, which I pay for that too. <laughs> ain't gonna lie. But I saw this woman changing her tire while her man's on the phone. And it ain't like he's on the phone calling somebody. He's like, you can tell he's looking at something. And I was like, I almost lost my shit over it. Not my business, so I, I didn't say anything. But I'm like, damn. You, you serious? You can't change a lady's tire? And she was having a hard time. And he's looking at her like, what do you want me to do? It's like, damn. You know, here's the thing. We could all, for those that didn't have dads in our lives on a consistent basis, we could all use the excuse, oh, I didn't have a dad around. You know what I did years ago? Um, the, the AC went out in my Honda Accord, and I didn't know how to charge it. And one of my homeboys, shout out to my man Tony up in Michigan. Love you, brother. Tony Lundy, a.k.a. Felonious Assault. He's featured on my first album, That Has Been, That Never Was, which is on Bandcamp, Big Brother Jake, bigbrotrickmusic.bandcamp.com. Anyways, another plug. He's like, go on YouTube, because that's how I learned how to do it. So I went on YouTube, this is about six years ago, seven years ago, and I learned how to charge the AC in my car. So there's no excuse. Changing a tire, see, this is what I get upset about now at school. You have all the schooling. What happened to home ec? And I know we can't really talk about that because the virus and all that eliminated schools. But we need classrooms on how to budget money. We need classrooms on how to do basic home economics. Cooking, cleaning, sewing, balancing a checkbook, changing a tire. I know auto shop. There used to be auto shop. I took it in high school because I wanted to learn how to change a tire, you know, be able to change a spark plug. And I know how to do all that, but I'm blessed enough to not have to do all that. So I pay for it. Some people think that's lazy. I do my own. Well, good for you. I don't want to mess with brakes because you need those in your car <laughs> to save lives. So guess what I'm not going to do? Change a brake. But yes, I know how to do it. We don't have that no more. We got dudes sitting in the car while the ladies pump gas. Baby, help me change this tire. Uh, I don't know how to do it. What's wrong with y'all? Here's the thing. This is twofold double blame. Fellas, learn the basics. Learn about chivalry. You don't know, ask me. I'll help you. Hold the door open for your woman. Pull your chair out for your woman. Okay? 
Get out and pump her gas even if you're in the passenger seat. Change her freaking tire if she needs it done on her car. But ladies, you are not going to get away with this either. Because I'm going to tell you something. You're with that guy. You chose him to be in your life. So you're just as guilty as he is for allowing this to happen. If that man doesn't get out and pump your gas, if that man doesn't hold a door open for you when you're about to enter a building, if that man does not pull out your chair when you go out to eat, fire his ass, dump his ass, and leave him. Seriously. No excuse. You're worth more than that. Straight up. I'm tired of these half-ass men out here not doing what they're supposed to be doing as men. Men lead. And another thing, and I was guilty of this too because I was tired of fighting with the ex. What do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to do later? I don't know. Let's talk about this. Uh, I guess if you want. Fucking lead, man. Lead. Lead. That's one thing I know I didn't do as good as I should have in my marriage. But I learned. We are leaders of our homes. Lead. It's one thing to make a joint decision together. But damn, if someone asks you the basics like, do you want lasagna or do you want tacos for dinner? I don't know. What do you want? Shut up. Oh, my God. Make a decision, bro. Lead. We got half-ass men out here. Not leading. I'm going to give you five options if we go out to eat. I'm going to give you five options. And if you don't like any of them, if you don't have one picked out, I'm just going to pick it. Straight up. That's how it works. That's what you're supposed to do. But people are scared to do that. People don't want to agitate their lady. And these other dudes just don't know how to do it. Or the lady's like not on them to do it, so they don't give a damn. We need men back in this country, y'all. We need men. Yes, I am not a mechanic. And yes, I cannot build anything from scratch like a lot of my friends, my manly friends could do. I am not mechanically inclined at all. However, I know how to make a decision. And I know how to be chivalrous. And I know how to lead. Hell, I got a degree in organizational management. Lead. And women, if these dudes do not take care of you the way they're supposed to, show you respect, dump his ass. Ugh, so annoying. And to my future whoever, if I ain't doing that, Refer to episode 70 of my podcast and say, listen to that shit again, boy. You ain't learned nothing. <laughs> All right. That's enough. I've talked enough tonight. Um, let's land this plane right now. Um, again, learn to love yourself. You're not your mistake. That's not your identity. Don't be mad if people don't want to see you. During a pandemic, visit fabulistacookies.com. <laughs> but above all, seriously, you know, learn to love yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. It's not easy getting through this life alone. It's not easy getting through this life 
even if you're married or you're whatever, you're a family, you're a mom or dad. It's not easy. So don't be so hard on yourself. Love yourself. Learn to experience joy. Learn to experience all the great things in life. Okay? All right. We good? Good. All right. So, it won't be another three weeks before I do another podcast episode, but I had a few things to get off my chest. I had to really just take a break and learn myself and learn about my health and figure out what I'm going to do. You know, change my diet, change my regimen. Brother's down from the pandemic alone. I'm down, I think, about 30 pounds. So, it's happening. So find that passion project that you want to finish. You know, you want to lose weight, get your ass out there and do it. You don't need a gym. I've learned that. You can do sit-ups and crunches from home. But I'm still going to go back to the gym when it opens up. That's my word. Just because I like the machines. Some people are like, go back. Fool, you ain't never went in the first place. You're paying that, that membership fee to sound like you go to the gym. <laughs> It is true. I ain't going to lie. Who am I kidding? Man, people know who I am. Anyways, I'm done, y'all. I'm done. So until next time when we get together on this dope-ass podcast, remember two things. Life is dope and love yourself. Life is dope indeed. So until then, I say to y'all, wait for it. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.